Isaiah chapter 53, and we are going to finish this study tonight. Last week, we named the setting for this chapter the cross. That's that's the best setting to give it, the cross. Tonight, we'll title the message, Friend of Sinners, as we close this series up. That's what we'll call our Savior tonight, Friend of Sinners. We do not uniquely name Him Friend of Sinners tonight. We find in the Bible, in Matthew eleven nineteen and Luke seven thirty four that Jesus is a friend of publicans and sinners. We'll use that for the title, A Friend of Sinners Tonight. In this study, we have explored the plan of God, the practice of Christ, and the pardon for sinners. I pray we've all been affected by Christ throughout this study. I pray we've been affected by the cross Don't you know the effects of the cross still go on in the lives of the children of God? That we've been affected by His love, by His grace, and His mercy. I hope we love the Lord more as a result of this study. That we might become more faithful. That we might meditate and set our affections more and more on the victory that we have by way of the cross at Calvary. There was a victory at Calvary, but the first thing we'll consider tonight is the battle at Calvary. We, ce- we celebrate an eternal victory that took place at Calvary, but make no mistake about it, there was a battle at Calvary before that. Isaiah fifty three twelve. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's talk about Jesus tonight and a little bit about Calvary. A battle that took place at Calvary. It was prophesied in Genesis 3.15 of this battle that would take place. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. A battle took place at Calvary. 1 John 3, 8 tells us, The devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2, 14, one more, says that through the death, that through death, He might destroy him that hath power of death, that is the devil. There was a war fought at Golgotha. And it appeared to be a loss for our Lord, which would have left you and I with no hope. If Jesus hadn't come through, there would be no hope for you and I. 
People in the world are trying to dismiss what Jesus did when that is the only hope for anyone. But that was not a loss for the Lord, but a glorious, everlasting victory that took place there. What Jesus accomplished that He set out to do was perfectly successful and complete. The battle at Calvary ended in the devil's defeat and the victory for Christ, which is a victory for us. We'll consider the benefits of Calvary as well tonight. The benefits of Calvary for Christ, which is also the benefits of Calvary for us. He says, therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great. The cost was great at Calvary, but so are the benefits. Concerning that portion of verse I just read, let me just interject real quick that this does not mean that Christ had a small place in the matter of the victory that took place. Jesus is the victory. He's not going to be vice president of the world. He's the entire ruler over the world. He reigns and Jesus Christ is judge. There was no loss at Calvary, but there was eternal gain as a result. Jesus will have His rightful place for paying the sinner's price. After the cross, we find in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The benefits of Calvary, not only for the Savior, but for you and I as well. It says in the verse in the middle here, And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Just as there were the distributions of the spoils of war, from the general to the army, especially those who risked their life, when there was war, Jesus has made us joint heirs with Him. We are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. If we would only consider more what we possess as children of God... As, as Christians, our riches are beyond comprehension. It's easy to get caught up into this world and to think about what we don't have and to long for many things upon this earth. But oh, if we could just look up and if we could just meditate on our inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ, we would do so much less grumbling over what we don't have, and we would rejoice over what we do have in Jesus Christ. We would obey the command to rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. Can we consider the benefits of Calvary that have come to you and I as joint heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ? There's not only the benefits of Calvary, as well as that battle that took place, 
But we're going to look for quite a while here at the basis of Calvary. And we are going to look at four truths for the basis of Calvary. Four reasons why Jesus is the friend of sinners. The first one we see is because He hath poured out His soul unto death. Friend of sinners, Jesus is. And that's because of what Jesus poured out for us. Jesus emptied out His life completely for us when He shed His blood on the cross. It's of the greatest importance that we know that Jesus willingly and voluntarily gave His life for us. In John chapter 10 and verses 17 and 18, Jesus says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Many people have had children die, but they wouldn't choose for them to die. God chose for His Son to die that we might be saved. Verse 8 says, back here in Isaiah 53, For He was cut off out of the land of the living. You might remember sharing that. And you might remember the responsibility that was put on the Roman soldiers under law with his death. So we say that the Roman soldiers murdered Jesus, that they killed him. But we qualified that with the words of Jesus, that Jesus says, I gave my life for my children. It's of greatest importance that we know ultimately that no man did and no man could take his life by killing him. Jesus laid it down himself and he gave up the ghost. He wasn't killed for our sins. He died for our sins. It was willingly that he did this. Another truth of Jesus being a friend of sinners. And He was numbered with the transgressors. You see His category on earth? You see where they put Jesus? He was numbered with the transgressors. Jesus was carried back to Bethlehem in the womb to be born under the Roman yoke. He was numbered with the transgressors. He was called Jesus of Nazareth, and people loved calling Him Jesus of Nazareth because they said nothing good came out of Nazareth. He was called a drunk and a wine-bibber, though He never 
provided or took a sip of any intoxicating liquid ever. He was called a blasphemer by the Jewish churches and the civil courts. The Sanhedrin slapped the face of Jesus. The people freed a murderer and they marred the back of Jesus. We call this place of His crucifixion Calvary because of the victory that has taken place there, but it was a hill. It was a hill called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. It was a gloomy place, and it had the likeness of a skull in the shape the hill did. And it was there that Jesus hung between heaven and earth as though He had no one, as though He were helpless, as though there was some kind of victory that was made over Him. It was there on that hill that they mocked Jesus. They ridiculed Him. They laughed at Him. They wagged their heads at our Savior. And there He took the sins of those mockers and everyone else upon His shoulders while the Father turned His head. He who was numbered with the transgressors, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And He did that for sinners. And the sinless one went to a sinner's grave. The Bible says that He made His grave with the wicked. Jesus was not numbered with the righteous. He was not numbered with the pure or the faithful, but rebellious, rejecting transgressors. And now though, after the cross, after the grave, after His resurrection, He stands pierced in His hands, pierced in His feet, pierced in His side, and challenging justice to condemn sinners with no way out. He just challenges justice for that because He satisfied justice. He satisfied justice for every sinner that there is. Jesus made a way for sinners. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. He made a way... For sinners, praise God. He didn't make a way for the self-righteous. He didn't make a way for the religious. Jesus made a way for sinners only. You understand, He's a friend of sinners. Jesus was categorized with sinners as He walked this earth. And He pleads for sinners to come to Him. Jesus Christ, though sinless, put Himself as close as he could to sinful man. As close as he could on the level of a sinful human being. He reached out as close as he could to man's ruined estate. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus is very approachable for sinners. If we only knew. He's approachable for the lost. He invites everyone to come to Him just as they are. Willing to turn from their sin and be saved. Not doing any cartwheels. 
Nothing like that. Just simply willing to turn from their sin. You've probably heard several people say, No, I wouldn't go in the church house. The roof would probably fall in on me. Lightning would strike me. We worship a friend of sinners here. And he wants to save sinners from their sins. He invites sinners to come to him to be saved. The one who walked among sinners. The one who was classified with sinners. Jesus was grouped with sinners. He presents sinners faultless before the Father. He was numbered with the transgressors. Yet He brings transgressors to God, cleansed by His blood, and He saves them. He's a friend of sinners. A third truth about this, and He bear the sins of many. Christ's great sacrifice wasn't for those who strive to do good, but for those whose sins would crush them down to the lowest hell. Though their sins were transferred to Jesus some 2,000 years ago, they'll go to hell for rejecting in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't do that. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Christ paid the debt for sinners, and there's no other debt holding anyone back from heaven if they will only come to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, to have eternity with the Lord. You know, it is not difficult to be in awe of Jesus. When we consider the cross, when we consider the victory that He has, when we consider that we are joint heirs and inheritors with Him, it's not too difficult to be in awe. It's not too difficult to worship Him. I don't know about you, but I love Him tonight. I love our Lord and Savior Jesus who died in our place, who welcomed me for three decades. I walked in the darkness of this world and then after the conviction and the drawing of God, He just welcomed me to be saved. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe as a lost sinner, I looked around at people and I, and I saw me and I saw them and I knew something was different and I didn't know what it was, but I became one of them. By grace, by the blood of Jesus, by His welcoming invitation to a sinner like me. And He welcomes all. Let's love Him tonight. Christ came unto this world to save sinners. One more truth that makes this friend of sinners Jesus. He made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus pleads for sinners right now. He walked this earth and He loved sinners and He told them the truth and He showed them the power and the love and the mercy and the grace of heaven and now He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding, giving us the privilege to do His work to be able to be a witness for Him. And He pleads for sinners today to come to Him. 
those sinners give Jesus no reason to want to do that. Sinners have never given Jesus a reason to want to call them and love them. But that's the love of heaven. That's the love of God that He has for us. God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sinners have given Jesus no reason to come to this earth and to be humiliated for us. But He did that for you and I. And He went to the cross. It's just like when He went to the cross and He was heckled when He was on that cross. And he lifted up his voice to heaven and he pleaded, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the same heart that Jesus Christ has for sinners today. That they would be forgiven. That their sins would be canceled out. That they would be tossed as far as the east is from the west. That their sins would be remembered no more. That's the invitation of this friend of sinners to everyone today. Sinners' hearts ought to break over the intercession of the Lord. While we sin against Him, He pleads for us. He died for those, Romans 5 says, who are without strength, ungodly, sinners, and enemies. He is the shepherd over his flock in the fold, but he pursues the stray sheep in the mountains. He goes after that lost sheep. I believe in praying for the lost I believe in praying for them, knowing that God's desire is greater than ours, that the lost might be saved. Jesus pursues the lost. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. We think we were looking for Him when we were saved. He was seeking us out. And we had the opportunity to place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to choose Him, to have our sins forgiven, to have our guilt cast away, for that dark cloud to become a ray of sunshine, that we might walk in the light of the living. He goes to the mountains, and He gets that stray sheep, and He throws them over His shoulder, and He brings them back to the fold. Praise God for Jesus' heart for sinners that they might be saved. You know, there is no meaning in the mission of Christ for anyone but the sinner. There is no exercising of salvation unless there is a connection between Jesus and the sinner. I have a good preacher friend in another state. And... I don't know the exact details if the family was trying to push their daughter to make a profession of faith. She was the only one in the family who wasn't in the membership of the church. And she went and she sat down with the preacher and he talked to her. And there wasn't a humility. There wasn't any brokenness before God. There wasn't any thankfulness for what he had done. There was an uplifting of self 
believing that they were a good person. And he caused a little stir in the family because he told them she won't be saved. I can't baptize her. That's a reflection of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's a picture of salvation. I can't do it and I'm not going to do it. She won't be saved. And it caused a stir, but time went on. And she sat in the service and he preached. And he couldn't even get to the invitation one night before she yelled out from the pew out there, Okay, I need to be saved. And the preacher said, what are you? And she said, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I need to be saved by Jesus. She was saved that night because Jesus' salvation, He brought, He came to us. He came to sinners to save sinners from their sins. Jesus' mission upon this earth was for sinners only, no self-righteousness. And so I ask you tonight as we start closing, do you understand that you are a sinner? Do you understand that in order to be saved, you clearly understand that it's your sins that Jesus died for. It's your sins that will separate you from God for eternity. And no amount of goodness, no amount of righteous works, no amount of church attendance, no amount of covering up from other people what we really are will do anything for us but bring deception. But to face the truth that Jesus died for sinners and that we are a sinner and that we can confess Him as Lord and Savior and believe in our heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. That's who gets saved. The sinner gets saved when they know they need Jesus. Will you come to Jesus tonight? You who do not know the free pardon of sin, will you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It's the very reason that He came to this earth. What is your doubt? What is your hindrance? What is your delay? If you understand you're a sinner, this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's a friend of sinners. He welcomes you and He invites you to be forgiven. Don't flatter yourself glorying in your sin that you say, you don't know me, I'm one of Satan's generals and and he could never... Save me, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all our sins. He will wash all of your sins away. He will forgive you. He will make you His own. We ask that you don't hesitate tonight, but that you would trust Him now, that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. There's no preparation for you to go through. There's no saying, give me a week to try to get things straight. You come to Jesus just as you are a sinner and let Him save you from your sins. He is a friend of sinners.
If you're listening online tonight, probably 80% of you know my phone number. So you just call it if you need to talk about it. If you're listening online tonight and, and you don't know us, you can call this number at the church and we'll be glad to talk to you more about Jesus Christ and knowing His free pardon of sin. We pray that you know tonight and you understand what we have in Jesus. He's a friend of sinners. He's very approachable. Approach Him tonight before you put your head to your pillow and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ so that you may be saved. God bless you and let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this glorious chapter of your word that you've given us. Lord, may we dig deeper in it as we continue on. Help us to press on for you. Give us strength in these times, in this time of separation where the children of God long to be with one another. Lord, we do thank you for the cross, though. We're not lost because of the cross and what you have done for us. I thank you for this free pardon of sin. I thank you for your eternal salvation that you have saved us with, that we have a hope that is a no-so hope. Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in this time. Be with this church, Lord, and help us, Lord. All is vain unless your spirit come down, the song says. And so we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for empowering your church and what you're doing in our lives. Dear God, one more time, we lift up our pastor to you and his wife. Lord, we pray that you raise him up on his feet and that you would give him strength, that you would do the same for Beverly, Lord. Forgive us where we fail you. Thank you for forgiving our many sins. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.